Leftists love to play the I can't believe you're even upset about this game. Here are the rules. Leftists say or do something totally outrageous and stupid. For example, they say men should be able to use women's restrooms. Or maybe they say that kids should be forced to learn about homosexuality in public schools. Conservatives then respond by saying this stuff is insane. What are you people out of your minds? What the hell is wrong with you? Leftists then feign horror that Republicans should be so upset about these issues. Why are they so upset? Why can't you just be tolerant? Conservatives are just so angry all the time. Yeah, we're a little pissed. We're pissed that you can't leave characters that we already know and love alone. We're pissed that you won't leave us alone. Make your own icons, you jerks. Today's episode of I Can't Believe You're Even Upset About This comes courtesy of Hollywood. On Twitter, the hashtag GiveCaptainAmericaABoyfriend is trending. This is master-level trolling by leftists. They want to take an iconic American comic book character originally directed at children and teens and make him a homosexual. Moreover, they want to make that character who's supposed to be an embodiment of 1940s traditional morality and masculinity, an advocate for 2016 leftist social values. So Captain America, for people who don't read comic books, he was encased in ice while fighting against Hitler. He's released from the ice like Rip Van Winkle decades later, and his old-fashioned love of America and belief in traditional moral values makes him an anachronism. That's why he's an interesting character. He's described in some of the later-day comics, some of the ones they do now, as sort of John McCain in a 30-year-old body. Now... The left wants Captain America to stop fighting fascism. Instead, they want him fighting to protect the world from Christian bakers. The left knows Captain America is iconic to three generations of Americans. And so they're looking to troll the right by conflating his American flag shield with the rainbow flag. And if conservatives say Captain America's traditional mission and personality, which, by the way, includes protecting traditional families and his own traditional love interests, who have always been women, if they believe that's skewed by turning him into a parochial champion for gay rights, then we're the bigots, right? We're crazy. The left wants to simultaneously claim that being gay changes nothing about a character, but that it's desperately important for characters to be gay. And they hijack already popular characters to do it instead of inventing new characters. Nobody cares. Conservatives don't care that they made Iceman from the X-Men gay. But people have a right to expect that the characters with whom they've identified for the last 60 years ought not be changed at the whim of the left. According to the left, however, Popular characters can be shifted just on a dime. Leftists will trot out the actor who plays Chris Evans, who, by the way, hates me, to say that it wouldn't matter if Captain America were gay. That would be awesome. They already did that with Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker, which, by the way, would make his original love triangle with Han Solo and Princess Leia even weirder than it already was, and it already included incest. Leftists are now calling for Gillian Anderson to be cast as James Bond. Yes, a chick to be cast as James Bond, which makes zero sense, given that Bond's entire MO is that he's an ultra-masculine womanizer. A woman picking up and having promiscuous sex with sophisticated men isn't a spy superhero. That's a normal Tuesday night in a dive bar. The roguish charm of Bond relies on the differences between the sexes. That Bond is a seducer, right? He's seducing women, which is actually conquering, right? But he's counterintuitively also a man of honor. That conflict doesn't exist for women. It ain't hard for a woman to conquer a man. All she has to do is give him a time and a place. When it comes to pop culture, the left cheats. They can't invent a gay Captain United States or a female Jane Bond because those characters wouldn't be as popular as Captain America or James Bond. So instead, they'll try to steal those characters and twist them to fit their agenda. It's annoying. It's actually a betrayal of both the characters and the audience. Listen, we didn't buy the Captain America tickets because we wanted to see him make love to Bucky. And we didn't buy James Bond because we want to see some sort of metaphor about female empowerment. It's boring. But the left won't stop. And they won't stop complaining if anybody challenges their stupid, irritating, immoral attempts to destroy the characters we once loved. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Tend to demonize people who don't care about your feelings. 
So I have a new theory about America, and that is that we have now been trolled into absolute insanity. We've just been trolled into insanity. We've lost our minds because the left has lost their mind. And just a quick further note on Captain America. There's nothing wrong with saying that Captain America, who's supposed to be a traditional representation of masculinity, yes, it changes the representation of masculinity if the guy is gay. Because part of masculinity is the idea that you're going to father children and that you're going to protect those children and protect women. It turns out men don't need other men to protect them as a general rule. Women do. This is because women have less upper body strength, gang. It's because they are genetically different from men. Caitlyn Jenner is not a woman. When a man protects another man, it's not the same thing as a man protecting a woman. Everybody knows that. And that's why so many traditional heroes are straight, right? Because the idea is a man saving a woman is something that actually happens in real life. That's actually something that's necessary in real life. Go to countries where men don't protect women and see how well the women there do. Right? Freedom is based on the notion that men are honorable, protect women, make children with women that they love and who love them in consensual fashion, and then protect those kids. That's what civilization is based on. So yes, that's a slightly more important story to Western civilization and to individuals than a dude having sex with another dude. So yes, it makes a difference to character and character development what kind of masculinity you're attempting to portray. And the same thing is true in the Bond context. I mean, the, the idea that you're going to make a female James Bond, it doesn't work on any level. On any level, it doesn't work. Because the whole point of Bond is that he's seducing these random beautiful women. And as I said earlier, a woman seducing a bunch of guys, you could be Megan Trainer and seduce a bunch of guys, right? I mean, as Amy Schumer is fond of saying, it isn't hard for a lady to catch a bleep, right? It, it ain't that tough. The idea with, with Bond is that who is this studdish guy that he can get all these beautiful women? Nobody's asked or ever asked a beautiful woman, how is it that she can get all these studdish guys? I wonder. Really, it's a toughie. Okay, so here's the thing. The left has made everybody so nuts with their crazy trolling that we end up with just a crazy politics. We've all lost our minds. I think the greatest success of President Obama and the modern left is that the right absolutely went bonkers. And so now we have a bonkers left and a bonkers right fighting with each other for bonkers America. And the, the sad part about all of this is that normally... When empires destroy themselves, normally when, when, great, when great civilizations destroy themselves, it's because we reached a low point. All the, all the troubles America's had in the past are actual troubles. Like, for example, slavery, a trouble. We had a civil war, right? World War II, a trouble. We had a giant world war. Today, which bathroom should we use? Let's have a huge war and fight each other and destroy each other and destroy the country and kill all the things the country's founded on because we need Caitlyn Jenner to be able to whip it out in a ladies' room. Okay, this is what, how you know we've gone nuts is that there's not even an underlying conflict that's so grave that it requires this kind of insanity and anger and rage. But that's, that's where we're going anyway. Anyway, so speaking of the trolling, the latest element of the trolling, it, we're going we're gonna to show you the left's trolling. And the left's trolling is what has created our crazy politics. So let's start with yesterday. Yesterday, there's an officer named Officer Nero. He's one of these officers in Baltimore who was, who was arraigned by the, by the politically motivated prosecutor and brought up on charges in the death of Freddie Gray. Freddie Gray was a 26-year-old career criminal. He was arrested after he was carrying an illegal knife and ran from police. He was put into the back of a police van. He was not buckled in. Right? He was handcuffed, but he was not buckled in. Apparently, then in the back of the van, he was sort of banging on the back of the van, and they stopped suddenly, and he fell over, and, he, and he, the, the momentum of the stop pushed his head up against the back of the van, and he, and he broke his neck. Right? He ends up dying from that a little bit later. And so they tried to try the cops. They tried to claim that the cops originally, they, first they tried to claim that they murdered him, right? They tried to claim that they brought him into custody and just murdered this guy for no reason. By the way, most of the cops are black. They then tried to claim that it was purposeful negligence, that, they were, that it was manslaughter, that they didn't care if this guy got killed, and that's why they didn't buckle him in. In reality, the, the new orders 
excuse me, that you were supposed to buckle in prisoners. That only changed about a week prior to the to the actual incident. So this officer was acquitted. They said it's clear he didn't mean to kill Freddie Gray. No one meant to kill Freddie Gray. It's a terrible accident. It's really bad that it happened. But that doesn't mean that they purposefully pushed him down in the van and then rammed his head against the back of it or that they didn't buckle him up knowing that he was going to break his neck. I mean, honestly, if we're going to prosecute everybody in America who doesn't buckle up and then somebody gets killed, you're going to be prosecuting an awful lot of people. It turns out that most people who don't buckle up, it's because they forget and they're in an older car that doesn't have the beep beep in this particular car. You know, it's in the back of the van. They don't have that system. In any case, Megyn Kelly had on Black Lives Matter leader DeRay McKesson. DeRay McKesson is, is an, he's a troll. So when we talk about trolling, DeRay McKesson is a troll. He's a guy who's had no career at all. He became prominent in Ferguson when he started tweeting about all of the evil, terrible things white people were doing in Ferguson and the federal authorities and the state authorities and the police. And he became very prominent because he was tweeting a lot and he gave up his regular job to become a full-time troll and wear Marty McFly's vest from Back to the Future, except in blue. And that's, he always wears this. He always wears the, the thing where it looks like he jumped ship, like in Back to the Future. Uh, and, and DeRay McKesson is now a national figure. It's funny because he ran for mayor of Baltimore this year. He won less than zero votes. People who were not yet born voted against him. He, he, he drew, I think it was 1% of the vote in Baltimore, which is where he's supposed to be popular. So he's on TV and, he, and Megyn Kelly's talking to him. Listen to the level of delusion for DeRay McKesson. And then you wonder why people are going nuts. This is why people are going nuts. Oh, and, and who caused it and how remains to be seen. But you're you're that, that's you're, what I'm you're saying. positing and to the audience that these cops did it. And I'm telling the audience thus far, the evidence doesn't support that. What I'm saying is that there's one trial. So you don't know what the evidence in the other five cases and neither do I. And that's why I'm excited to to follow. Well, through I know these cases one guy was tried I'm, by a jury and it was and it was a hung jury. So they were not able to conclude. Yeah, yeah, his guilt. Which again is and not then an the acquittal, next the next right? case that was tried by an African-American judge concluded that there was no case against uh, this officer. One case. And he was just so we are looking forward to the next five. And that's important that we'll, we'll see the next five. You but know, but even now of, that you have a not guilty verdict against Officer Nero, you continue to tell this audience that he did something wrong. No, what I continue to say is that I'm looking forward to the administrative review and that we do need to take a holistic look at the laws in the state of Maryland. What did so he Maryland, do, DeRay? It is still, are you, in Maryland, in Baltimore City, it is okay for officers to hog tie and chokehold citizens. We don't think that that is okay. That's in a Maryland, separate thing. Officers, okay, so you look at that, but what did Officer Nero right, do? So I've already said this to you, Megan, is that this officer was involved in this case and what, what it says what the judge said is that the officer was not criminally responsible, and this means that we need to continue the fight to make sure that the laws hold officers accountable. He had no responsibility, as noted in the judge's decision today, to intervene when he saw others uh, misbehaving, and that is important. We no, should push for policies. That's not what policies. the judge concluded. He did no, not conclude that anybody did. had misbehaved. He, no, he didn't. No, he said that the, Thank he you said for being there. i got to no... go. Okay, and Megyn Kelly is totally right. If you read what the judge said, he didn't say that. He didn't say there was wrongdoing, but the law just can't hold this guy responsible. What he found is that there was no evidence that anybody had done anything wrong, that this was an accident. Accidents are bad. Tough. You know, that, that's, that's sad, but that's, that's life. And Freddie Gray, by the way, did resist arrest, and Freddie Gray had a long criminal record, which doesn't mean it's good that he got killed. But this idea that, that they just hogtied an innocent guy and then, and then basically beat him to death, which was the original narrative, that isn't true, but it doesn't matter, right? Facts, when conflicting with the left, they don't matter. Dray McKesson says this guy basically should have been prosecuted anyway, even though he can't name a single shred of evidence the guy did, that the guy did anything bad. So there's that, right? And then, and then more trolls. So there's this professor who is on MSNBC Live, and he's a Morgan State University assistant professor, Dr. Lawrence Brown, and he's talking about the, the same Baltimore case. Listen to what he has to say about policing in the United States. 
you mentioned that there was an African-American judge. We have a black mayor. We had a black policeman. But, you know, American policing was founded on slave patrols. Uh, this system of policing has been always uh, exacting disproportionate violence against African-Americans throughout the history of this country. So I don't think that, you know, people here who are living in the communities where there's a high level of police uh, aggression, a high level of police brutality, they're not going to be happy with this. Uh, I think there's going to have to be a lot of discussions about the criminal justice system right here in Baltimore, Maryland, whether what? or not it can, in fact, deliver justice for people living in disinvested red line black communities. And remember, prosecutors are used to working with the police. Mm -hmm. So is it even possible that they're going to deliver the best case that they can deliver, that they're going to be the strongest okay, prosecutors is, they okay, can when they're it. working with this police. Is, this, is, this is not case stuff. So, so the police in Baltimore, who, by the way, are majority black. There was a black police chief, a black prosecutor, a black mayor, a black attorney general, a black president of the United States, and a majority black city, and a majority black city council. All of that is because originally policing was slave patrols. Okay, I'm not sure if, if this professor is aware of it, but police existed in the North, too. It turns out that police have existed all across Western civilization for literally more than a millennium, right? So the, this idea that there were no police, like this is not, it's nonsense. But again, he's just throwing out terms like, we need to fix the criminal justice system. To do what? To do what? What happened here that was so egregious in the criminal justice system, right? What, what happened here that was so terrible? And so you watch this and you just get mad because he's not speaking the language of reality. This is crazy. We're being gaslit. Again, not a single shred of evidence this officer should have been convicted, but he wasn't, and so they want to string this guy up, they want to lynch this guy because he is a, because he is a, a, a bad guy and he therefore deserves it because he's a cop. And when he complains about policing in the inner city in Baltimore, again, majority police force that is black in Baltimore. The people in Baltimore need more policing, not less policing. There are too many criminals in Baltimore. So the trolling continues. And then there's more trolling from the left. So it's just... They're full-time trolls. They live under a bridge, and they rob the travelers of their money. They're full-time trolls. David Gergen on CNN, who's, who's a big fan of, of the Clintons, David Gergen from CNN, he was speaking about the North Carolina bathroom law, for example. And here he's talking about the, the North Carolina bathroom law that says that men should be able to whip it out in front of little girls in the bathroom. But the signals coming out of the state capitol in Raleigh have sent a thunderous message rolling out across America that North Carolina is no longer a pioneer in advancing people of color, people who are gay, people who are living on the margins. Instead, many here want to go back, far back to a darker time. This is not the place to relitigate each and every issue. But what other message did state legislators think they were sending? What did they intend when they seriously restricted access to voting, embraced the constitutional amendment to deny equal rights gays and lesbians, placed more restrictions on abortion, enacted a flatter tax okay, imposing is, heavier... Okay, so, this, so now he's listing off a bunch of things he doesn't like, and he's saying that these are the same thing as not letting men into little girls' bathrooms. Right, so you're looking at this and you're going, you're out of your mind. These people are out of their mind. And then just to put the cap on it, Joy, Joy Behar, who is just, oh my God. I mean, it's like God took all the annoying... He took all the contents of the annoying jar and poured them into one human. Joy Behar on The View... She's making the case here that, that abortion is an affirmative good. So, again, the trolling is just out of control. The left has become more and more trolly. Back in the 1990s, they used to claim that they didn't like abortion. They wanted it safe, legal, and rare. That was an incoherent position, but at least it wasn't openly trolling. Joy Behar says that she loves abortion. Abortion is an affirmative good. 
terms of an abortion, certainly it's a woman's uh, decision to make without consulting her husband. That's with the law. With no, I, no, I, I disagree with that. I, I can go into it wholeheartedly with okay, that. You can disagree, but I'm telling you, if it was me and I wanted to do but it, I don't you. care who cares, who tells me what to do. It's my body. I do what I want. But Would you say it's also his child? Well, that's right. It's your body, but it's your. It's also your spouse's child. So what? do not take that into consideration What's that this? it's your spouse's child as well. It's my body. It's your spouse's yeah, child. Body. Does that not take that? You don't take it that it's into my consideration body. at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's your body with a with a, a child inside of it. As far as a vasectomy, if I wanted to get my tubes tied and he, and I had like a few kids already, yeah. and he's like, no, let's just have sex. I don't want to use a condom. I'd get the tubes tied. I'm not yeah. telling that either. Without having the discussion. Wow. It's my tubes. <laughs> They're my tubes. Okay, and and this this kind of stuff. You look at this and you're like. You're missing the entire point of the conversation. We're not talking about your tubes. We're not talking about your appendix. No one cares. We're talking about the baby that's inside there, and you just ignore the entire point. And you've got all these other women there, including people who are conservative, supposedly. I think it's Nicole Wallace over on the right, I think, and Jedediah Bila in the center. And they're both just going along with this to the extent that they're saying, well, you know, shouldn't you at least consult your husband because it's his child too? Who, that's not the question. The question is, is it a child? If it's a child, then... You don't get to just sit there singing, it's my body. It isn't your body. It isn't your body. It's another body. It's another person's body. But so this trolling makes people insane. So the trolling makes people insane. And it leads people to the conclusion that no matter what, these people have to be stopped. And I understand this. I get it. I so get it. I really do. Believe me, I've spent my entire life fighting harder than you, fighting harder than the Trump people. The Trump people were giving money to these people. Donald Trump gave money to these people. Okay, I've spent my entire life fighting the left, my entire life fighting them. And, and yet we're now being told that if we refuse to stand up for Trump, then we're doing something deeply wrong. We're doing something terribly wrong. Dennis Prager, I keep mentioning him because I have so much respect for Dennis Prager as a moral voice. Dennis Prager has a column today talking about his response to his conservative Never Trump friends. He mentions me by name, as well as a couple of other people like Jonah Goldberg and Bill Kristol and Brett Stevens and George Will. And basically what he says in the end and what he basically says is, I could not live with my conscience if I voted to help the America-destroying left win the presidency in any way. I don't understand how anyone who understands the threat the left and the Democrats pose to America will refuse to vote for the only person who can stop them, right? Only Trump can stop the left right now, and therefore you don't have a choice but to vote for him. Okay, totally get this argument, totally understand the logic, totally understand the emotion. And I will say this. I think, and I've said this many times, I don't know how many times I have to say it, but I've said this many, many times. I fully understand and I sympathize with the position. I disagree with the risk calculation, but I sympathize with the position. Donald Trump's a horror show. He'll be better than Hillary. I understand that. And if you're an honest person who believes this, then when somebody says Donald Trump's a horror show, your answer should not be, no, Donald Trump isn't a horror show. Your answer should be, yes, and Hillary is a worse horror show. Right? And that's, that's perfectly acceptable. When Donald Trump does something wrong, you call it like you see it, but you say he's still better than Hillary. I get it. That's fine. What I'm beginning to see in the movement, and this is the trouble, right? This is where I say that conservatism is now being perverted, that conservatism is being taken over by Trump, that the body snatchers have arrived, is people who are moral voices not saying, yes, Trump is a horror show, but he's better than Hillary. I'm seeing people say, well, Trump isn't so bad. Well, Trump isn't so bad. And when you, when you make accusations against him, when you say negative stuff about him, it's just not true. We'll just ignore it. We'll pretend it doesn't exist. There's a tendency for every human being, all human beings, there's a real tendency to just get rid of difficult moral conflict by making the other side of the moral conflict disappear. Right? So if you're, trying, if you're a leftist and you're trying to say 
Syrian Muslim refugees should enter the United States. And somebody says, those people are a security risk. Well, then the easy thing to do is say, well, no, they're not a security risk. They're not a security risk at all. Let them all in. That would be ignoring the problem and pretending that something doesn't exist that exists. I'm seeing the same thing happen with people who want Trump to be elected because it's very difficult to live with the psychological dissonance of saying Donald Trump is a bad man who will do bad things, but he's better than the other person. That's hard to live with. So instead, what people are beginning to do is advocate for Trump. There's a difference between I'll advocate against Hillary and therefore vote Trump. I'll vote Trump to stop Hillary. And I want Donald Trump to be president. Those are actually two different propositions. People are identifying these two things. When people make the I'll vote, I'll vote for Stalin to stop Hitler argument, when they make that argument, understand that when we allied with Stalin to stop Hitler, we were still fighting Stalin. Okay, during World War II, we were still fighting Stalin. There's an actual competition for territory that we were going to control in the aftermath of World War II in the middle of World War II. This is why there was a race to Berlin. Right? The reason there was, why not just let the Russians do it? They could have sacrificed their lives. The reason is we didn't want the Russians taking over Western Europe. So there was a competition even then. This would be more like the equivalent if you're arguing in favor of Trump as president, not against Hillary as president, so we have to use Trump because he's our only vehicle, but in favor of Trump as president, you're now arguing that we should have made Stalin president to stop Hitler. Not that we should have allied with Stalin to stop Hitler, but that we should have given him ultimate power. And I have to say, I think a lot of the people who are, again, who are yelling at those of us who are critical of Donald Trump Understand something. We're the only thing that's leading Donald Trump to even pretend to care about you. We're the only reason Trump is even pretending to care about conservatives because he's trying to consolidate us behind him. And so he's making overtures to the conservative movement. You guys already sold out. You guys already said we're on board with Trump. Once Trump has you on board, you're in the car. He locked the doors. There's no escape. Right. The fact is that we're the ones outside the car saying we're not getting in the car unless you pledge to do X, Y and Z. So even if you disagree with us, you should be thanking us for pushing Donald Trump to the right. Okay, all of that said, I said that the, the trolling has driven Americans nuts, particularly people on the right. We've, we've now gone full on, okay, well, they're disconnected from reality. Fine, screw it. We'll be disconnected from reality too. So Donald Trump is now coming out and he is attacking the Clintons, not on the basis of real things. He's now attacking the Clintons on the basis of Vince Foster. Okay, he's on the basis of Vince Foster. Now, for those of you who don't remember the 90s, and I know I have a lot of listeners who are younger even than I am. Now, I was only 16 when the 90s ended. So, yeah, I understand. For those who don't remember, okay, Vince Foster was the deputy White House chief, uh, deputy White House counsel under the Clintons. He was found dead in 1993 in Fort Marcy Park. He had shot himself in the head. Okay, there are a lot of people, conspiracy theorists, who suggested that he had not killed himself, that in fact the Clintons had killed him. Right? The Clintons had taken him out and they had killed him because he was involved in Whitewater. Whitewater was a scandal about a, re a corrupt real estate deal uh, in Arkansas involving Hillary Clinton's Rose Law Firm and, and her husband, the governor of Arkansas. Well, now, now we have Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has come out, and he, has, and he is trying to dredge up this, this Vince Foster routine in order to attack Hillary Clinton. And his bizarre kind of line of attack here, his, his basic argument, is that the Clintons probably killed Vince Foster. He's not going to say so, but the Clintons killed Vince Foster. And the way that he puts it is so typically Trumpian. It's, it's just, it's typical Trump. Because Trump is a conspiracy theorist, but he never wants to own his conspiracy theories. He always kind of wants to just put it out there. So, I mean, Donald Trump is a, he's, he's a Breitbart comment troll, right? And we've decided to, to elect him president. Because, again, you want to elect a Breitbart comment troll president to stop Hillary? I get it. Don't tell me the Breitbart comment troll is anything but a Breitbart comment troll when that's what he is. Here's what Donald Trump said about Vince Foster. And this is, this is what's 
it really is amazing. So, so he says that the Clintons have dodged all of this. And then he adds, let me see if I can find the direct quote, because the direct quote is just too amusing. Let's see. Here it is. He said, quote, it's one thing with her, whether it's Whitewater or whether it's Vince or whether it's Benghazi, it's always a mess with Hillary Clinton. And then he continued by, by saying, I love this one. He said, let's see, that the theories of foul, of foul play were, quote, very serious, and the circumstances of Foster's death were very fishy. Quote, he had intimate knowledge of what was going on. He knew everything that was going on, and then all of a sudden he committed suicide. I don't bring Foster's, this is so, it's so Trumpian. I don't bring Foster's death up because I don't know enough to really discuss it. I will say there are people who continue to bring it up because they think it was absolutely a murder. I don't do that because I don't think it's fair. Okay? Okay, this is the equivalent of that, that passive-aggressive teenage girl who calls her friend and says, you know, I'm not bringing up that I think you dress like a whore because, because I know anything about it. I'm just saying people around the school, they keep saying that you dress like a whore, that you dress like a little hooker. And, you know, I'm not going to bring that up because I think it's mean, but, like, people are just saying you dress like a whore. Okay, everybody knows the teenage girl is saying you dress like a whore, right? I mean, so, so Donald Trump is accusing the Clintons of murdering Vince Foster, but no, he would never do, I've never said, and, and he provides himself this sort of bizarre avenue out where if you say to him, why are you throwing out conspiracy theories about Vince Foster? Then he says, well, I was just bringing it up. You know, as people were saying, people, who are these people? Well, people, people were saying, I hear from a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people say this, a lot of people say this, right? And, and, he, and he did this routine, if you recall, he did the same routine, about Ted Cruz's dad being involved in the Kennedy assassination. I'm not bringing it up because I think it's real, but the National Enquirer said it. And I better tell you this. You can believe me. Believe me. They don't print things that don't have any substantiation. You know, this is, this is Trump's routine. So Trump is, is throwing out these crazy things. And people on the right are saying, okay, fine. Well, you know, we'll, we, you're trolling us. Well, we'll troll you. It's kind of funny. I mean, honestly, it's kind of funny. We're, we're kind of trolling. We're trolling, right? And so Donald Trump, and, and we're willing to go along with it because Donald Trump also says he's going to fight dirty against the Clintons. Now, I'll explain in a second why this is not beneficial, but here's Donald Trump explaining why he's bringing up all these old issues uh, against the Clintons. I understand the Clinton attack machine. I got it. And I think it has to be dealt with somewhat. But I think maybe caution. Well, I don't like doing that. I don't like doing that, but I have no choice. When she hits me on things, I just have no choice. So you have to do it. It's unfair. And... You know, they're dirty players. They've been dirty players historically, and I have to fight back the way I have to fight back. All right. Um, and, and voters will make up their mind. As I said, if, if it's in context, everybody, I think, will understand it. Um, but I hope you guys both just, you're right. I mean, it should be issues, right? You and her on um, the issues. I would rather have policy and issues. Yeah, Much you've got rather to, have right. policy okay. and okay, issues. And, and so, you, first of all, the idea that Donald Trump ever wants to discuss policy and issues. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last time Donald Trump saw message discipline or issue discipline, the, the last time Donald Trump saw discipline is when she was whipping him at a BDSM club. I mean, like she, he, he's never seen discipline before. So that he wants to talk about about issues is ridiculous. But people give him the benefit of the doubt because he's attacking the Clintons. They're trolling us. Let's troll him right back with Trump. This is just trollery. It's just joyful trollery. Here's the problem. If you're the person in the middle and if you're the person who's just watching this from the outside and you're not an ardent Trump supporter. You say, okay, the Juanita Broderick stuff is kind of legit. A woman actually accused him of rape. They never dealt with it. It's actually an issue. And then he comes back with this Vince Foster stuff. Vince Foster wrote a 27-page suicide note. Okay, Vince Foster committed suicide because he didn't like being embroiled in this particular scandal, so he shot himself. 
when if you are going to be an attack dog like Trump is, and that by the way, this is the part of Trump I like. Okay, the part of Trump I like is the attack dog. That's the part of I've always liked this. Go back, listen to the show from the very beginning. I've always liked Donald Trump attack dog. It's my favorite part of Donald Trump. Here's the problem. If you're an attack dog, if this is what you do, if you and and one day you hit Hillary Clinton with the frying pan that is Juanita Broderick, right? You hit her right in the face with the frying pan. Okay, good. If the next day you hit her with a rubber chicken, like Vince Foster, you just take out a rubber chicken, you're smacking her with a rubber chicken. People are going to assume you're a clown because you just hit her with a frying pan and now you're hitting her with a rubber chicken. And that's sort of what I think, I think Trump is actually discrediting himself here by making attacks that, that are not relevant. Just as political advice, stick to attacks that are actually stick-worthy. Don't just throw things out there because you haven't taken the time to actually research them. But again, trolls on the left bear trolls on the right. And so here is a Trump staffer explaining that when Donald Trump is talking about all these scandals from the 1990s, he's actually doing the Clintons a favor. Here is Donald Trump's surrogate, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen is also the guy who has called Donald Trump his patriarch. Uh, and, he's, and he's on with Chris Cuomo. Uh, here he is talking about how Donald Trump is actually trying to help the Clintons. He defended Bill Clinton for years. He said the same allegations that you guys are talking about now were a waste of time, were wrong, were hollow, that Bill Clinton was a terrific guy, that he was a great president, that the impeachment was wrong, that it was a waste of time. And Hillary Clinton said Donald Trump was one of the smartest, best businessmen in the United States on several occasions. Now she's attacking well, him hold on, on these ads. Right. So claiming. she's bad, too. So, so okay. she's bad, too. So but isn't he bad for saying she, that Bill Clinton's great and now well, going after him? All he's doing is he's giving the facts. No, no, no. He's no. giving the he facts. He knew the facts then in the 90s when this was all happening. And he said he was it's a all private, BS. He was a private citizen who was friendly with the Clintons, and he was trying to protect a friend. All right? Now it's a different game. It's 2016. Michael. He's the presidential. Michael. He's the Republican presidential nominee. If you nominee. decide to run for office and people say, hey, you knew Cuomo. Back then you used to say he's a I good guy. I will always deny say, that. You say, but now, now I'm that. running against him. Cuomo's a bum. That he's makes it okay? Absolutely. Come on. Because if I was Michael, telling the please. truth, if I was telling the truth, then it's absolutely So he was fine. lying then? He's not lying. He was protecting a friend. There's a difference. So again, this is trollery of the highest level, right? So we've got the trolls on the left, and now we've got Donald Trump's people out there saying, well, yeah, he was defending the Clintons from all this stuff in the 90s, but that was just as a friend. Now he's really mad about it. Now he's really upset about it, and he thinks it's worthwhile. So trollery from the left brings trollery from the right, and so now we're just a nation of trolls. That's all. We've, we've become the, the troll dolls, and we have troll doll hair candidates, and it's, just, it's a disaster all the way around. Uh, all this has also created some odd alliances, some very odd alliances, and this is why... It feels like the nuclear bomb of politics has hit because people are finding themselves in camps with people they never wanted to be with or, or liked before. So now all of a sudden you've got Newt Gingrich who's ripping Mitt Romney. Newt Gingrich wants to be Donald Trump's VP. He's ripping Mitt Romney, and he's in the exact same camp. He's in the exact same camp as Alex Jones. So Alex Jones is a full-on conspiracy theorist, false flag guy. Every time something bad happens in the United States, he says it's a false flag for the government to grab more power. He said it about Sandy Hook. He said it about a number of things. He's a real conspiracy theorist. He and Donald Trump are on the same side, which means that he and Dennis Prager are on the same side. It means that Alex Jones and Dennis Prager and David Duke and Newt Gingrich are all on the same side. It makes for some very weird bedfellows, right? It makes for weird bedfellows because this is what campaigns do, but the weirder the guy at the top, the weirder the bedfellows. Right? David Duke wasn't prominently in support of Mitt Romney. Alex Jones wasn't prominently in support of Mitt Romney. Right? But they are certainly in prominent support of Donald Trump. And this is creating some very weird bedfellows. And on the other side, we've got some weird bedfellows too. So you know, I'm somebody who I've said I can't vote for Donald Trump. 
for all the reasons I've expressed a thousand times. I can't vote for Donald Trump as it currently stands. If he changes, maybe I'll change. If there's new evidence, maybe I'll change my mind. I've said that. And now I'm on the same side as people I can't stand, like John Huntsman. Right? John Huntsman is saying he has concerns about Trump. Here's the former Utah governor speaking presumably in English, not in Mandarin Chinese, as he did in one debate. I have said that I'd support the party's nominee, and he is our party's nominee. Uh, and so, therefore, I, I, I try to look for the good. Uh, certainly, I have uh, I have uh, uh, concerns about some of the things he said uh, in stylistic approaches. But then I say, uh, okay, he has a unique opportunity to bring together constituencies under the Republican banner that really have never been joined before, maybe to bring back the uh, Reagan Democrats, to bring folks uh, into politics who have become disenfranchised and feel that the system doesn't respond to their needs anymore. So to the extent that uh, he can counter a mood of cynicism, uh, you know, that that's probably a healthy thing in politics. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, the, the campaign is just ramping up. And he has okay, so we can stop it here. So, I, so, I, so John Huntsman apparently is on the same, same side as, as all the rest of that crew. But the people who are on my side, so here's the worst example of a person who's supposedly on my side. And this is, again, when we reach a point in politics where you have to make difficult choices, the easy thing to do is minimize the difficulty of the choice. So on the one side, the people who support Trump, you have people minimizing the risk of Trumpism, the risk of Trump trollery and conspiracy theorizing and big government, the risk of Donald Trump telling people that they ought to hit protesters and telling people that he wants to change the First Amendment and telling people that he doesn't see any moral conflict between Israel and the Palestinians and telling people that women bleed from there wherever and telling people that it's okay to mock the disabled and POWs. You have people minimizing all that on the one side because they like Trump. And on the other side, you have people like David Brooks. David Brooks, I cannot stand David Brooks's work. I think David Brooks is not a Republican. I don't think he's a conservative. I think David Brooks is just some guy who works for the New York Times who they call a conservative because they don't know what a conservative looks like if the conservative came up and punched them directly in the jaw. So David Brooks has a column today, and he's a guy who doesn't like Trump. Like me, he's a guy who doesn't like Trump. But I like Trump. I, I just like Trump for good reasons. David Brooks dislikes Trump because David Brooks is basically a Democrat. So David Brooks comes out today, and he writes a column in which he openly praises at length he openly praises and talks about the absolute wonders of Hillary Clinton. Right? He actually comes out and he praises at length Hillary Clinton. And what he says about Hillary Clinton is that she is, quote-unquote, warm and caring. This is what David Brooks says, okay, which makes him the first human being to ever say this ever. Right? What he actually says, this is, this is what he writes today, he says, she has dedicated herself to public service. From advocate for children to senator, she has pursued her vocation tirelessly. Really? I mean, she actually laughed about defending a child rapist. She is endlessly corrupt. And we'll talk in a second about her corruption because there's a bunch of it that's breaking in the news. But Hillary Clinton is super duper duper corrupt and David Brooks is now defending her. So when I say that, that conservatism is easily corrupted, that is true from both sides. The Trump people corrupt conservatism if they are willing to say that Trump is a conservative and overlook all of his flaws as a human being as a, and as a candidate just to back him. The same thing is true on the other side if you say Trump is not a conservative because he's not Hillary Clinton. If you say that, that what, we really, what conservatism really is is what David Brooks thinks it is, you're destroying conservatism. If you say conservatism really is what Donald Trump says it is, you're destroying conservatism. Conservatism is neither of these two things. Conservatism is the set of ideas that actually founded the country and have nothing to do with creased pants for David Brooks or strongman politics from Donald Trump. All of this is really, I mean, look, it's difficult to talk about this stuff, and it's very disappointing to talk about this stuff. If you don't think that there are folks like me who are, you know, look, 
who are desperate to rah-rah our guy. It's much more fun to be a cheerleader than it is to be somebody who goes to a game and, and has to critique both sides because you're trying to be honest about the principles of the game. But I can't, but I think it's important that we do that. You can still vote for Donald Trump and critique him, by the way, as I've said. You can still say Donald Trump is all these bad things, but at least he's not Hillary Clinton. That's an honest argument. I even agree with it somewhat. But you can't make the case that Donald Trump is the new face of conservatism and not say that he's not corrupting conservatism because that's utter sheer ridiculous garbage. And meanwhile, Hillary Clinton still can't, despite all the trolling from the right, Hillary Clinton is one of the left's trolls. And so she is trying desperately to, to claw her way back into this race. And I, I really think the, the momentum is not on her side. Hillary Clinton is struggling to respond. Here's Hillary Clinton going after Donald Trump, standing in front of the SEIU, which is a major American union. What little we know of his economic policies would be running up our debt, starting trade wars, letting Wall Street run wild. All of that could cause another crash and devastate working families and our country. Trump economics is a recipe for lower wages, fewer jobs, more debt. He could bankrupt America like he's bankrupted his companies. Okay, weak tea. I mean, ask yourself, how can anybody lose money running a casino, really? Okay, this is weak tea, weak tea, because people look at Hillary and they say, you made all your money speaking in front of Goldman Sachs. Very weak tea. And speaking of corruption, you can't accuse Donald Trump of being corrupt when you're Hillary Clinton. Everyone who has ever surrounded Hillary Clinton was probably in ri at risk of going to jail. Okay, the latest person who's at risk of going to jail is Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe, was, is, he's now the governor of Virginia, but he's a super-duper-duper corrupt fundraiser for the Clintons. He raised $275 million for the Clintons during the 1990s. Uh, he actually personally guaranteed the $1.35 million loan on the Chappaqua House that allowed Hillary to establish residency in New York. He's super-duper corrupt, and now they're, in, they're, they're investigating, the FBI is, for his time as a board member of the Clinton Global Initiative. Right? So he may go to jail over all of this, but Hillary is supposed to be the non-corrupt candidate. Yeah, right. There's a reason why polls show that she's unable to, to rise above Trump and, and his trollery. So the, the trolling of America continues apace, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. In, in Things I Hate, I'll talk a little bit more about this trolling, because this is the, 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 the left has moved up from, be, from a party of principle to a party of trolling. Like Bernie Sanders isn't actually, a, he looks like a troll, but he's not actually a troll. Bernie Sanders actually speaks mainstream left. He speaks hardcore left thought, right? He actually speaks ideas. They're really bad ideas, which is why everyone thinks they're dumb, but he speaks thought. Most of the left is now focused on, on this trolling politics. We'll get back to that in a second. First, a quick thing that I like. So I decided I'm going to do kind of children-oriented movies this week. Uh, I can't remember whether I did this one or not. I don't think so. But um, did I do Searching for Bobby Fischer? Have I done Searching for Bobby Fischer before? I don't think so. So Searching for Bobby Fischer is a really, really underrated film. This, this is a film from the 1990s with Ben Kingsley and Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, and, uh, and it's about this, this kid who's a child prodigy in chess named Josh Waitskin. And who, it's a true story. And it's about his kind of father's struggles with competition. And do you have to have a killer mentality? How do you win without becoming a, a mean, bad person? Uh, and it's really just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Uh, really enjoyable. Here's what the trailer looks like. There are only so many things you can teach a child. But finally, they are who they are. I took Josh to the park today. Jack. He played chess. He, he doesn't know how to play chess. He doesn't even tie his shoes. I'm playing chess with my dad. It's a game like Monopoly. In a world 
lives on competition. Why do you want your son to play chess? Oh, I don't. He does. He taught himself. In a game where winning means the world. Tell me, is the next Bobby Fischer somewhere in this room? <laughs> a challenge has begun. Your son creates like Fisher. He sees like him inside. You're playing not to lose, Josh. You've got to risk losing. You've got to risk everything. I was wondering if you could keep him from playing there so much. No. We would kill him not to play in the park. He loves it. Just makes my job harder. Then your job's harder. Oh, good! Yeah, that's it. My son has a gift. He is better at this than I have ever been at anything in my life. You have to have contempt for your opponents. Because if you don't think it's a part of winning, you're wrong. Trick or treat. You have to hate them. But I don't. They hate you. They hate you, Josh. Get out of my house. To put a child in a position to care about winning and not to prepare him is wrong. The better I play, the better I have to play. That's just the way it works. Maybe it's better not to be the best. Josh is in trouble! It's a really good movie. It's a really good movie, and it's worth watching. It's good for adults. It's good for kids. It's, it's, it's a really terrific movie. Okay, thing is I hate. So back to the trollery. So Hillary Clinton is now going to meet the female Ghostbusters. She's going to be on Ellen. This is just more trolling. Okay, female Ghostbusters is in, in and of itself a troll. So I can speak objectively on this because I, I hate the original Ghostbusters. I'm one of the five people in America who thinks it's a terrible movie. Um, and, uh, and I can't understand for the life of me why people are so worshipful of it. I think it's, it's absolute garbage and tripe. But... People love this movie. I know Lindsay, Lindsay and, and yeah, Lindsay and Mathis both are, are about to leap the camera and, and strangle me to death. Um, but I don't like the original Ghostbusters. So I can speak objectively about this. No matter how much I dislike the original Ghostbusters, there is no way it could possibly be worse than the new Ghostbusters, this new all-female Ghostbusters. This looks like this will be the worst movie ever made. I mean, legitimately the worst movie ever made. So here is, is the trailer for the new all-female Ghostbusters. I think I've shown it before. But since I'm going to subject you to all sorts of suffering on today's show, here is the, the trailer for the new Ghostbusters. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. It says, 30 years ago, four scientists saved New York. This summer. A new team will answer the call. It's a class four apparition. That's okay, she seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. At <laughs> that stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. Erin, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. I'm joining the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York. And I can borrow a car from my uncle. <laughs> uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac! Okay, this movie looks like... Death fried on a stick. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? Sorry. sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. Okay. Stop it. I can't take it anymore. This this looks so awful in every possible way. It looks awful. Um, and it's specifically cast female because female empowerment. Yay. 
Okay, so, <laughs> so yeah, so you've got this garbage with with oh female Ghostbusters. Now we're really showing the men that we're equal to them by stealing their properties and pretending that we're as good at it as they are and being inferior. We are. This movie will be seventy eight percent as good as the original Ghostbusters is apparently the theory here, uh, and it won't even be that. It'll be like thirty percent as good. Not even like the original Ghostbusters. So they're doing that. So what happens? Hillary is going to be on Ellen to to. Neither one of them have been with a man in, in years. But Hillary is, is going to be on Ellen's show with the female Ghostbusters because female empowerment, yay. And everybody who, and this is the left's trolling game again. Anybody who's uptight about this, like, did you make a movie specifically so that we'd vote for Hillary Clinton? Because if so, if you took an original movie that a lot of people like and decided to make it crappy just to make a point about how Hillary needs to be president, you're all stupid and annoying, right? If we say that sort of thing, oh, well, you're, why are you going so crazy? It's just women playing Ghostbusters. What, you think women can't be Ghostbusters? I don't know, screenwriters. Did you think black people can't be physicists? Apparently you think they're only street smart subway token operators. <laughs> right? So <laughs> the whole thing is just the left's trollery never ends. The movie looks terrible. Hillary interacting with these people like, oh, if it weren't for Hillary, we would never have had a shot in life to be successful actresses. Because there weren't successful actresses until Hillary was a presidential nominee. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Stupid, stupid. Really stupid, annoying. Okay. Plus, I, 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 my only question really is if Hillary does meet the female Ghostbusters, are they going to attempt to kill or capture her? Okay. Finally, final, final point about the left's trolling. So the Obama, I, I will say this. Obama has been a transformative president because his trollery is, he's, he's a troll master level 40 chess playing troll. So here's just more evidence that Valerie Jarrett, who's his right hand woman, she, she, does, she does an interview on 60 Minutes. They profiled Valerie Jarrett. And Valerie Jarrett is sort of the brains of the operation, supposedly. And they ask her about Obama's accomplishments. Listen to her list of Obama's accomplishments and see if you can spot the trollery. I keep thinking of the president's elections and those posters that said hope, change. And in his final year in office, where's the hope and the change? You can't even get a Supreme Court nominee a hearing. Well, the hope and change, Nora, doesn't come from Washington then the hope and change comes from the American people. And the president's still extraordinarily optimistic about the future of our country. I mean, just look at what's happened in the last seven years. Our unemployment rate going from 10% down to 5 our automobile industry back, ending two wars, 20 million people with health care, many for the first time. Okay. We have a great deal to be proud of okay, in terms of there. our accomplishments. Did you, did you notice the massive trolling there? So there are a couple things that are trolly, right? I mean, first of all, there's the Obamacare stuff. All the prices are going up. People are losing their doctors. Okay, but the real trolling there is ending two wars. Ending two wars. That's the real trollery there. There are still people being killed in Afghanistan, gang. 73% of all casualties in Afghanistan have happened under this president. Okay, and as far as ending the war in Iraq... Yeah, that's been a real boon. That's gone fantastically well as ISIS takes over the top half of the country and Iran takes over the bottom half. That's been just wonderful. So this is why. People, people feel like they're being gaslit. They feel like they're going crazy. And so they go to the guy who says, fine, I'll gaslight him right back. I'll just do crazy stuff. Look at me. I'm a clown. Ha <laughs> ha. Am I funny like a clown to you? Go get your shine box. I mean, that, that's, that, and so that, that's what this entire election cycle has become. And as decent thinkers fall into the trap of supporting any of this, they're just becoming part of, of the troll universe. It's a whole other universe filled with trolls. Uh, wonderful and colorful trolls, but trolls nonetheless. And we'll be back to cover all of the trollery and all of the fun and all of the horror and, and the zombie apocalypse that is sure to follow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. 
We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.